When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, now, back by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in uh, Overcast, still scenic, quarantined Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee, and from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. It is the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast powered by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford and brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Happy Tuesday. We had Titans news. We had a Titans press conference. We had one with Mike Vrabel for the first time since locker room virtual. That is locker room cleanout day. So Johnny Glennon of Broadway Sports and Corey Curtis from WKRN News 2. They are today's panelists. We are going to talk about what we heard from the Titans head coach and more importantly, what we didn't hear from the Titans head coach. We'll do all of that here in just a second. But first, you've heard me talk about Two Rivers Ford a lot and about how they make buying a car hassle-free with their non-commissioned salespeople. But in case you didn't know, Two Rivers Ford also has an award-winning service department. Two Rivers Ford has won the Ford President's Award for Customer Satisfaction 14 years. And that means their customers are extremely satisfied when they purchase their vehicle and when they service their vehicle. They've been in business since 1983, and you don't get to be around for almost 40 years without providing some really good service. That's why you need to head on out to Two Rivers Ford, because it's Car Care Month in the month of April, and they are offering 10% off any service now through the 30th. Just go to tworiversford.com and get your 10% off coupon. You can print it, screenshot it, or save it on your phone, and you'll get 10% off. So take advantage of Car Care Month savings at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet by Providence, just seven miles east of the airport, or check them out at tworiversford.com. Let's get to Johnny G and Corey Curtis. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast. We bring back John Glennon of Broadway Sports and Corey Curtis of WKRN News 2 because there has been a Mike Vrabel press conference, but not much actually gleaned from it. So we thought we would get these two fine gentlemen to do their best translation of all the non-answers that we received. Hello, boys. Hello. How goes it? I, you know, you you tell me, Johnny. I'm uh, I'm I'm just trying to find out. You know, what makes Shane Bowen worth promoting? And if I was to ask somebody, particularly the person responsible for not just hiring him, but for said promotion, I would probably not be able to find out much to that effect. 
what's the thing? And and I, I think you know Mike Vrabel continues to sort of sell Shane Bowen, I guess short, in in that. And and you know I'm saying obviously this Titans defense was terrible last year, but surely there there must be some reasons that Mike Vrabel, who is an intelligent man who has been around football, played it for for years and years, there have to be some good reasons in his mind outside of continuity that he says Shane Bowen is the guy Uh, despite what happened last year I think he can get it done and so I'm going to give him the official promotion I'm going to make him the defensive coordinator but here's the thing he is not telling us and 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 uh in that respect not telling the fans why you know he's uh it seems simple enough to say here are the reasons. One, I like this about Shane. Two, I like this about Shane. Three, this is how he can improve, but I think he can. It's not that difficult. Instead, we get this wall every time the the, um, the topic of Shane Bowen comes up, and he refuses to divulge any kind of information. And this goes back to last year, you know, when, when we were trying to figure out what was going on with Shane Bowen and who was calling plays and so on and so forth. It's, it's a little little bit baffling to me and, and it's a tough sell that he's got to make and he's not selling it well first and foremost john is there an earthquake where you are <laughs> because the screen's just bouncing all over the place you're killing me man it's very it's you know i didn't think we'd get motion sickness just because john's got a big belly laugh but and we're is- on the cumberland fishing for catfish <laughs> uh, i'll try and settle it down over here but look okay you, you keep asking about shane bowen Guys, that's the wrong question. It's not about Shane Bowen. This is about Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel wants to have his hands in everything. And you know what? He's the head coach. And if that's the way he wants to do it, that's the way he can do it. If you promote from within, and as he said today, guys all want to move up, right? Guys all want to move up. So if a guy wants to move up, he's going to do pretty much whatever you tell him to move up. But if you bring in a guy from outside the organization, if you're convincing him to leave his job and come to your job, he's probably going to want a little more um, autonomy in what he's doing. He's, he's, he's going to want it to be his defense. He's going to want it to be his calls. He's going to want it to be his structure. You know, is the head coach always the head coach? Yes, he is, but he's going to want it to be his defense. To me, this is about Mike Vrabel knowing this gives him the most hands-on approach with his defense without being the defensive coordinator. No, I think that's – go ahead, Johnny. I was just going to say, if that is the case, and that makes sense. Certainly we know Mike Brabel has been on that defensive side of the ball for a long time. He's been a defensive coordinator. Um, And, and, you know, I I think it's right that he has, uh, you know, certainly a significant part of the defense. But at the same point, just tell us. Just tell us, you know, uh, you know, I, I've got this Matt background. Nagy calling the plays again. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, I, I can call the plays. I'm doing that. I, I, I just don't understand the great secrecy. And, and I, I think, if anything, I think it's hurting Shane Bowen. You know, you, you've often heard the uh, the phrase damning with faint praise. Well, I think that's what we're seeing, you know, in some respects right now with Shane Bowen. If you're going to promote Shane Bowen, you know, give us some good reasons. Say, despite, you know, what happened last year, these are the reasons I think Shane Bowen's a good guy. And, and Mike Vrabel isn't doing that. And, and I think he's almost 
he's hurting his uh, his defensive coordinator in that respect. Look, I've always believed you've got to have one guy in charge. Um, and it's like with the Dallas Cowboys. The head coach has always been hamstrung by Jarrah. You know, everybody knows the head coach isn't in charge. Jarrah's in charge. So Jason Garrett says whatever he wanted to him for a decade, and they all just looked at Jerry and just were like, well, well I don't care what he just said. And so if Shane is trying to teach or talk about one thing, but they know he's not really in charge. How much authority does he have? And look, I could be dead wrong on this, but that's just my feeling has always been you hire people and you let them do their jobs. That's what you hired him to do. Well, I, you know, I think that's initially the way that he came into this particular position. I think he very much intended to let Dean Pease do his oh, okay. job. Not with Shane because he didn't give him the job. No. Well, this, this is I think this is kind of what we're watching, which is the evolution of Mike Brabel as head coach. Right. Dean Pease, they talk him out of out of retirement. He comes in and he is the defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. Then this whole Wesley Woodyard thing where he's just lighting a match and throwing gasoline on it where he's saying that Rabel took over the play calling in the AFC title game in a game that they lost, that they held the Chiefs down by for a half. They, yeah. they, by a, by, for a half. So yeah. they were competent for a half with Sean Evans miss a tackle. Uh, Patrick Mahomes runs for 17 yards into the end zone, and, and so on it goes. Not that but, we remember that play. Right, but that's kind of where, yeah, that's the kind of thing that start that you start hyperanalyzing, right? You start to put the pieces together. Now we can all, we can only do so much and, and it's, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to it is their fault. If they're not willing to tell us how they got to these conclusions, then mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that we have nothing to do. If we can't find out exactly what happened, then we have to, we have to talk it through this way. And it may not be the most likely scenario, but this is the, this is the area that they've left us to speculate. So when Mike get, well, 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 just one second, Johnny. If what, what, when Mike takes over from Dean from the divisional round against the Ravens to the AFC title game, it's my understanding that he may have looked at the regular season game against the Kansas City Chiefs, where they gave up 520 yards of offense and said, you know what, this time around, I think I can help put some things in place that, that are going to help that just onslaught of Patrick Mahomes on a bad knee still going out there and burying you. And for a half, they kind of did it. But I think that's kind of where you see Mike start to input more of his influence into what's going on on that side of the ball. And now we find ourselves in a situation where everybody's trying to figure out whether Mike, you know, whether Shane Bowen's a puppet and Mike Vrabel's the puppet master. Well, I mean, look, I mean, he... He did, he was the puppet master last year, and the defense was terrible. So what did they do? They jettisoned half the defense and said, "Not my fault. Players stink." That's that's what they did. Yeah, and and I think you know, in a lot of ways, you know, Mike Vrabel is basically saying, "Look, trust me. You don't have to go any further. I don't have to explain myself. Just trust me. Everything's going to be fine." And in a way. The answer to the Shane Bowen question, the trust me scenario, is a little bit similar uh, to the to the question that was posed by uh, Paul today uh, in, in terms of, you know, what differently can you do to discover if guys really love football and so forth. And there wasn't really, you know, any kind of an attempt to explain or say that, okay, clearly, you know, we might have screwed up with it with a couple of guys here. It was more just like, we've got confidence in the guys we're bringing in, you know, whether that's draft picks we're talking to, whether that's free agents were signed. It's just like, trust me, I don't need to explain myself. It's all going to be fine. 
Well, so far, it's been pretty good, uh, certainly for the most part, much better than the, what Titans had had before then. But at some point, you know, uh, and, and it's not just us, media, that, that want answers. I, I think, you know, fans, when Mike Vrabel met, uh, you know, online with the season ticket holders, they were asking the same questions and, and kind of getting the same non-answers as well. So, you know, I, I don't think it's these are out-of-line questions when you have one of the worst defenses in the league, if not the worst, and you say, why are you bringing my, the guy back and promoting him to defensive coordinator? It's a reasonable question, and, and it deserves, you know, a, a reasonable explanation. Well, again, you say it deserves a reasonable explanation. I, I don't think Mike Vrabel thinks he owes an answer to anybody. And that, and that goes back to, to Bill Belichick. You know, his job is to win football games. That's, mm-hmm. And that's what he wants to do. And if he doesn't want to answer um, the exact question that you asked, he is not going to do it because he doesn't feel that it helps him win football games. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing he's going to say to us largely is going to help him in the win loss record. Like it's just, it's just, that's what I'm saying is, you know, we expect more in all these areas and those areas aren't that. And again, I'm not saying he doesn't care about you, John, or doesn't care about me or Buck. I'm just saying, I don't think he cares about us. (laughs) I don't think he gives a I'm not trying to put word. Okay. But I'm not trying to put words in his mouth. I'm just saying he's focused on what wins football games. And then as he always talks about whatever the rules are, he's going to follow those rules. If he's got to have a media availability today, that's what he's going to do. Doesn't mean he's going to answer any questions with any meaningful answers, but he is going to fulfill that obligation. And that's what he does how, how much how much of it though johnny do you think is is just like the setting that we're in right now because he seems so much appreciably worse in zoom press con- i mean no seriously oh, I, like, i'm with you i'm with we, you we all are right mike vrabel i think i think the reason that the there are some kind of expectations from the three of us maybe not Corey. Corey's being a little more rational about this than maybe me and john well, i'd be are. called the rational one now okay oh, yeah. <laughs> Times have changed. Times have changed. You you sit you sit around long enough. Eventually, it comes back to you. Um, but like, I think that there is so much for for not every head. Maybe this isn't the case for every head coach, right? You hear things in Seattle where Pete Carroll very much prefers the Zoom setting because mm-hmm. Seattle media probably more efficient than we are on a Zoom call. Shout out Terry, I love him to death. Uh, but this is the situation <laughs> that we find ourselves in. Um, Mike, whose entire life is focused around how can I maximize my time or maximize how, how is this going to help my team in X, Y, and Z? The Zooms are inherently more clunky than anything else that we're accustomed to doing with him. And I think that over the course of the year plus, we have to, we have to do this shit. He's just kind of eh about it. And so I well, see, but back is I- that. I don't think it's the Zoom setting, Buck. I think the longer Mike is in his job, the more empowered he is. Oh, sure. And, and, and the less he feels like he has to do this. Like his first year, I don't feel like he felt like, you know, I feel like, okay, I got to do this. All right, I'm going to try to answer these questions. And I think as time goes on, you know, he goes to the AFC Championship game and he wins the AFC South. He's more like, it doesn't make a difference if I do this, you know, whatever. I'm just going to get it over with and do it. And, and I feel like he just the longer he's in it. So I guess that's my way of saying if we were in person, I think they would be just as uncomfortable and, and just as uninformative. I think he does enjoy he's the kind of guy that, that likes to mix it up a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I, I do like I, I do think that he enjoys being that 
that face-to-face -face setting as well, where he can get more out of a reaction of people um, and, and uh, you know, stir things up a little bit and, and just get that interaction. I, I, I don't think he gets it the same way uh, through, a, through a Zoom conference, so I think he's a little bit more blah in, uh, in that respect. But, you know, I guess yeah, just one more point I was wanting to make on the, on the Shane Bowen front, too, in, in respect to all of this, is that, you know, I, actually, I wrote a column, you know, a couple months ago saying you can actually make a pretty good defense for Shane Bowen from last year. Give him a, a few reasons that things went so poorly. Everything from the fact of the changing. Something to staff. back up the hire. Yeah, no offseason, uh, no preseason to call games when he'd never called games before. Mm -hmm. The fact that he was still coaching outside linebacker. Dory was hurt. Uh, Dory was hurt. The fact that Beasley and Clowney came in right near the, you know, the start and of the whiffed. season, and, and that was on his plate in addition to being the, the plate caller. So there's a ton of reasons, uh, you know, that maybe things didn't go as well for Shane Bowen as, as they otherwise might have last year. You know, would it hurt Mike Vrabel, you know, to maybe mention one of those? In, in would it hurt Shane Bowen for Mike Vrabel to mention one of those? No, it would. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I mean when I say kind of the damning with faint praise, you know, it, Tell us, give us, give us something good. Give us a little bit of an explanation on, on uh, what's behind Shane Bowen. You know, the only rationale that I can think of is that he, he treats the coaching staff like he does the players. The only player we ever oh, got yeah. to say yeah. anything nice about over, you know, into four years at this point is John o. Smith and David and Flewellen for like a week <laughs> and a half. say David Flewellen. Flewellen and John o. Smith. Like, I can't remember what game after what, what game it was. This oh, wait, year. no. Who was the kick returner from a couple of years ago who, who got who ended up getting cut? He led the league in kick returning. Um, uh, oh, oh, Darius uh, Jennings. Darius, Darius Jennings. Darius Jennings yeah. Okay, but we can count. We can count. Who on he then cut. Three, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah they, he kicked the hell out of here. I mean, ulti like, I don't know if that's just he approaches it that same way and we're not seeing it or mm. we're not willing to or not whether we're willing to or not. I just I just think this is how he handles people across the board, whether they're working with him or in the sense of the players for him. And that it's just, you know, I thought about asking about like Christian Fulton today, right? Because Christian, there's going to be a ton of pressure on Christian Fulton this year. They detonated the secondary It's Christian Fulton in year two, and he's pro he's going to start in some form or fashion Be better inside or outside. Right. But if, if it's he, Kevin Johnson, that means he's terrible. Right. But then it, then it comes down to what, what is Mike going to say about one player? Well, he's just going to go back yep. and talk about the entire defense. And then he's won the game because he's effectively without even dismissing me, dismiss my question. That's right. the, the, the only uh, the one, one thing I'll say about uh, uh, Rabel in that respect is that every now and then I think he feels uh, there's a little smidgen of of conscience to him or, or guilt to him. Uh, the you can see that, when it happens. It, it happened, happened to Johnny today. It, it happened, happened today. Exactly. It did. It, it to totally did. As he, as he sliced <laughs> off my the second question row on, on Shane Bowen, there's he a paused. Johnny, it was kind of this, and he's I, like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of being a jerk here. Uh, I'm not going to be a total jerk. I'm going to give him right. some. I understand he's got to ask the question. All right, right. So here you go. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, so I think you're, you're absolutely. He, you know what? He's got that little tiny angel on his shoulder that Belichick right. doesn't. Belichick well, right. cast that guy off a long time ago. Bel Rables is still hanging on. Right. Mike, well, come I'm, on, I'm, say I'm something. 
I'm, I'm a good uh, Catholic boy myself, and I know he's Catholic too, and we often talk about Catholic guilt. So I think he feels that smidgen of Catholic guilt from time to time. Says, all right, I'll, all right, I'll I'm just going to start throwing holy water on the screen every Monday. The, you, you might, that's you what might, the Lord compels you. You, you may hear, you may hear Kaharski's skin sizzle through uh, just kind of, uh, just kind of. <laughs> You know, I cast the out <laughs> shot back to hell. You, yeah. So and now, and by the way, Buck, I, I'm, I'm waiting. Speaking of our, our friend uh, and comrade Koharski, mm. I'm waiting for your tweet on uh, how he was the uh, the one mm, he the was on he, the uh, asking. He was uh, the not, technical letdown today. That's right. That's right not any of your aforementioned people in your in your tweet as to who would screw up on this. so i'm getting a lot of heat for what i do on twitter every day and we now that i have the radio show and it's three hours of just me yammering to myself on a regular basis i use a lot of the poll questions poll questions are good content but lucas my producer not to not to cast aspersions but lucas my producer tweets all of the polls prior to the show starting now, I have thought about having him sign his name for all of the shit that I'm taking about what is mentioned in the polls. Is it called good. The Lucas Show? It is, it is not. not. It's The Buck Rising Show. The you Buck are the captain of the ship. You are responsible for conduct of crew. All and right. I, I will say then to Lucas, if Lucas is the one doing the, uh, uh, the polls, then he should follow up with the tweet uh, that says, hey, our boy, our boy, our comrade Kohersky. Well. Instead of instead of shaming him via Twitter, I'm considering paying two hundred and fifty dollars to buy him uh, a Mike Vrabel cameo because the head coach of the Tennessee Titans is officially on cameo, which is hilarious to me. How much money does he make, Buck? What's his salary? Plenty. But, you know, what's an extra two hundred and fifty bucks from exactly what's an extra two hundred and fifty bucks? I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, it's not. The optics of it aren't great, but I'm more bothered by the fact that we are waiting about a month and a half after the season ticket holder thing to speak with Mike Vrabel. And I understand that the Zooms are unpleasant, and I understand that he doesn't like the questions more often than not, but I also understand that if you're going to make $250 a pop on a cameo, then at some point you have to put up with my dumb ass, okay? I'm just saying I'm just saying, but also I respect the hustle. I'd I'd, I'd do it if I'd do it too. I don't care how much money. It, wasn't making. Antonio Brown doing that for like five hundred bucks a pop? He's the first one. He was the oh one that gosh. started it. Oh gosh, have you have you put out a bit of a fundraiser for this uh, bucket? No, I uh, wasn't. Stillman on that too. Stillman is on that uh, <laughs> because because he knows somebody who works at Cameo and hit him up and like, hey, can you put me on Cameo? Which, by the way, Jared Stillman continues to try and weasel his way onto this podcast. But we oh, come on. Jared's a good guy. No, I love him to death. You know I love Jared. But also, get the hell out of here so you can tell me that eh. uh, that uh, Sarah Fuller is Jackie Robinson in female Vanderbilt kicker form. I don't need that in my life. I don't. I just don't. I don't, I don't need that stress. I got enough shit to do right now, Corey. By the way, I heard DraftKings was offering a special 300 to 1 promotion mm. that Terry McCormick was going to be the one to screw up the audio on the Zoom call no in fact i said before we started johnny i said you know we, we could put paul on there but he doesn't he hasn't done it but has he has he has he fucked up the zoom before i know i, I have fucked up a zoom look at me who, who who fucked i didn't fuck up the zoom come on <laughs> cut me some slack no no question uh the the situation that we find ourselves in about what 
24, 23 days and change from the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Sewell is going around with all of this talk of character or not maybe necessarily character concerns, but maturity concerns, very reminiscent of Isaiah Wilson for a much more highly touted, wow. more talented player. Then he must be a real disaster. Well, it's something that Albert, listen, I'm saying like, but this is my question, right? Cause we're talking, we're talking today about, uh, pushing Vrabel and, and John both, John Robinson both on how, can you kind of explain to us how you identify or how you don't identify a mm-hmm. player who loves football? Now, whether Panay Sewell has maturity concerns or whatever, he's 19. Like, I, I'm, I'm a dickhead at 27. I can't imagine what I would be at 19 <laughs> with tens of millions of dollars whenever I ended up making. But what what you are seeing more is a louder – louder just maybe it's just on social media but a louder concern for guys who are hit with maturity issues based on how bad the Tennessee Titans blew this up Johnny I you know you did some great reporting for Broadway on it about uh, him being held at gunpoint basically which ice with with you know a woman with uh acid in her purse and all of these things and on and on and on it goes yeah. She's a good thing is that nothing is that no, nothing we have seen is that bad. But how much do you think, John, that this is going to affect the 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 draft situation for not just them, but for every other team looking at Isaiah and be like, oh, that's not going to be me next year. Yeah, I, I think you're you're much less willing to take risks uh, than in the past based on the fact that, well, well first of all, you, you don't have the kind of, of medical evaluations that you would like to have that you've had in past years you haven't had the kind of in-person visits as as uh, Mike Vrabel said today you can't sit down with these guys go over film with them on on pro days that kind of thing and you, and last year you know scouts couldn't get in to talk to coaches and and you know uh conditioning coaches and so forth so I, I think as a result of that I think in general teams are, are going to be much more conservative and and Really, the, the you know example that pops into my mind is the Titans, not last year with Isaiah Wilson, but the year before, they take Jeffrey Simmons, and that's a, that was a risk. You know, we all know the – But, Johnny, the they risk. spent tons of time with him. I mean, oh, tons oh, sure. of time oh, with oh, him. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, but what I'm, what I'm saying is if there was Jeffrey Simmons coming up this year mm-hmm. – uh, Oh, yeah, know, in this scenario. Up, exactly. Given what happened – with Isaiah Wilson, mm-hmm. are the Titans willing to say, you know, take that chance on, on a guy like a Jeffrey Simmons again, even though, again, it, it is proven out, you know, it's proven well for, for Jeffrey Simmons and things have gone well here with the Titans. But if you have that scenario now, mm-hmm. uh, based on what happened, I, I, if you're the Titans, you cannot take that chance after a complete whiff in the first round last year. I think you have to stick to the more conservative side. And, and I'm sure a lot of other teams are looking at that, that horror show last year and, and saying, we got to watch out too, because I mean, let's, let's be honest. There weren't huge red flags. Not that we heard about, no. about Isaiah Wilson, you know, the, the analyst, you know, the, the but most there were clear. red flags about Vic Beasley. Absolutely. They ignored Absolutely. him. Right. And, right. I, I, agree, I mean, but, but sure, sure. In, in terms of Isaiah, the most he ever heard was, you know, the yeah, guy's a little young, he's a little immature, you know, but 
you know, who, who isn't for goodness sakes, you know, raging party machine um, <laughs> was, was not on driving it. 140 miles an hour down the back yeah. roads of Georgia was, was not a concern at that point, but yeah. Aspiring your, rap artist, perhaps maybe yeah, missed that on the resume. That's right. And having lazy in his, in his Twitter handle, not maybe not the best of indications, no. but, but yeah, I think you're exactly right, Buck. I, I, I think teams and, and in particular the Titans have to, if, if there's any question right now, I think you have to, to err on the conservative side. I don't think there's any question at all right now. Just listen to the Zoom calls we've had with the free agents that they have brought in. There has been an overwhelming adulation for wanting to be here. I mean, I've never heard a player want to play for the Titans more than Morgan Cox. And then I heard Bud Dupree, who said he wanted to be here last year. And so we, we have gone from one spectrum to the other where, you know, these guys, I don't know if it's been in the coaching or it's just generally how they feel. The, the guys, they have signed this year want to be here look at the deal that uh, josh reynolds took i mean you can't tell me he couldn't have gotten more money somewhere else he wanted to be here he understood the opportunity that was here they are lining up players who want to be here who want to play football and i would assume we're going to see the same thing in the nfl draft with the titans oh it's that's the thing like everybody ripped urban meyer's ass up and down for what he well said that's after. fun to do but come well, on sure, he's an easy target and he seems to be you know i don't know anything about urban meyer outside of what's reported on him, but he appears to be a shit human being so there's that uh, <laughs> so, so yeah easy to take shots at urban meyer but like when you listen to what he says about free agency well hell yeah it's bad business you give give these guys tens of millions of dollars before without even meeting i'm sure maybe you have a phone call with them or something but like what's what's vic beasley going to say to you in a phone call based yeah. on our one zoom call with him that's going to throw you over the edge about vic or one way or the other to be honest about whether Vic Beasley wants Try to being in the other sports where the deals are guaranteed. It's even a worse business. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is the, I understand, I understand that this is the way that it has to be done in the NFL. And uh, maybe, may, I mean, I would hope that Zoom, for all of the inconveniences that they say they are suffering at the hands of Zoom, that they ultimately end up utilizing things like this, you know, like, like this shit, this has made the podcast world's easier because you guys can sit wherever you are and I can sit wherever I am. We can pop on, we can talk. Okay. It takes, it takes 30 minutes, you know, as long as I'm not, not late, it takes 30 minutes of our lives to sit here and have a conversation. Why I did want to meet the cats, but that's okay. Well, the cats are downstairs. They're lounging very comfortably. Uh, they're in their 90, 90, you know, just it's a, it's a cat condo that my girlfriend has put in my house. It looks. Well, I thought your house was now the cat condo, but that's okay. We'll get into the whole puppy thing a little bit later and when that puppy will come. Yeah, well, uh, I will say to you that until any of those things start paying my mortgage, that they can all go back into the back into the streets from whence they (laughs) came. The shed. The shed. I interrupted. I apologize. You guys guys wouldn't recognize my neighborhood. It's all tall and skinnies now. All all the characters gone. So sad. So, so sad. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, to... uh, wanted yet to make it make a point uh book about the zooms too is that uh, and then you know both uh robinson and Vrabel have touched on this too is that at least the, the fact that this is year two for all of this um you know that that they're not working through uncharted territory before and and you know one of the examples that, that mike Vrabel used today um you know when he was talking about zooming with prospects i thought was kind of interesting a lot of times at first when they have that verse 
Zoom conference with a prospect, there'll be like eight or nine members of the coaching staff or the brass in there, you know, and, and Mike Rabel said, that's kind of intentional. You know, we, we want to make this guy, you know, feel like it's a big deal, you know, maybe put a little bit of a spotlight on him, feel a little bit of pressure. And then, you know, if there's more interest, you know, then it's pared down in the second Zoom or the third Zoom and it's more, you know, position coach and a scout or, or a coordinator and a scout, things like that. But, you know, those are the things that we wouldn't have seen uh, them able to do last year. Uh, they've really kind of mastered the art of Zooming as, as well as you can. So is it as good as, as sitting in a, uh, you know, in a film room and, and talking with a prospect or talking with a weight coach live about what kind of kid you have? No, but, you know, it's, it's much better, I think, than it was last year anyhow. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we can only hope, and God knows when the next time uh, he'll he'll he will allow us to be back in his presence. Although I'm sure that is vaccination pending, um, but it uh, it was you know it was good to be able to do one of these things, and it was good to see somebody fuck it up, and it was good to see it not be any of us three. That's a good sign. It's a good day. Good day at the That's office. Right. Tell, the- tell, uh, tell Luca we're we're uh, is it Luca or Lucas? So Lucas is uh, Lucas is the producer for the radio. Right, right, right. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Luke, tell him we're waiting on his tweet, uh, uh, letting everybody know who ultimately screwed the pooch when it came to uh, you know not speaking on the mic. What, what what was the issue? Do we know what what the issue was at the time? Why he didn't have his question ready? I'm I'm sorry. I have I have not I have not yet pursued answers on that, but I'm sure that it was something to do with the fabulous new studio that he's in. And it couldn't possibly be the internet here because it's the best and it's the biggest. Many people are saying this. Many people, John. Many, many people. Uh, what's what? Uh, somebody maybe maybe. Well, I don't want to betray any confidences in the Zoom, but somebody sent me a funny text about uh, P. Clay, and I don't necessarily know. Don't necessarily know whether those people should be outed in the Zoom or not. But it is. Been- I'd also I'd also heard the name Clay Harsky talked about. <laughs> But I, I don't Ma- know where that came. Many people are saying this, boys. Many people are saying <laughs> many. many. It's Corey- going to be great. It's going to be fabulous. <laughs> Corey Curtis of WKRN News Two and John Glennon of Broadway Sports Media. Boys, thank you very much for your patience and for being on the podcast. A lot of fun, and uh, hopefully we can, you know, get get shots in arms and see each other soon. Yeah. Thank you, Buck. Appreciate it. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action. You're getting a shot to land in the green this week because DraftKings is giving you 100 to 1 odds on the golfer of your choosing to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often. So sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all of the action. Choose your golfer before the tournament tees off on Thursday morning. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code A to Z Sports when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this weekend's tournament. That's code A to Z sports to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. All right, so that's going to do it for us 
this week. Very enjoyable podcast. It was good to see Johnny and Corey, despite it being virtual. Of course, we will have many more good conversations with all your favorite friends and my friends in Nashville media as we get closer to the draft, closer to the NFL season, college football, a lot going on with the Tennessee Volunteers that we are not going to get to on this week's podcast. But that's why you subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network, because Charlie Burris and Zach Reagan will take care of you with the Big Orange Podcast and, of course, the Tighten Up Podcast directly after me. So subscribe, rate, review to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network where you get all of these great shows. And if you're not already, you can hang out with me for three hours every day, Monday through Friday on 104.5 The Zone from 10 to 1. And check that podcast out too, Buck Rising on 104.5 The Zone. A lot of good guests on the radio show this weekend and a lot of great conversations here on the 615 Sessions podcast. So in the meantime, we will speak to you next week. And I need you to stay safe, stay clean, and as always, Nashville, stay hot. This has been the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. It's powered by the fine folks at Two Rivers Ford. And it's brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. <laughs>